Welcome to training from Scott Ross Online. Scott Ross is a highly sought after and internationally acclaimed personal development and leadership coach who speaks to more than 50,000 people a year. The same strategies he's taught top executives are available to you through programs like this one. We encourage you to take notes and listen to this audio multiple times for maximum results. And now, here's Scott. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Leadership Podcast. I appreciate you guys being on the line live, as well as those of you who are listening via recording around the world. Um, My name is Scott Ross, and we do this podcast every single week. If you are brand new, we have 90 episodes available for you. You can go to scottrossonline.com, or you can find it in the iTunes store under Scott Ross Leadership. And uh, we are in the middle of a series right now that we started last week. And the series is called Lies That Leaders Tell Themselves, Lies That Leaders Tell Themselves. And I encourage you guys to go listen to the podcast episode from last week. Even if you listened to it last week, it'd be good to review it and listen to it again. Of course, if you're brand new, we'd love for you to catch up. And so uh, we're going to dive right in. I just want to give one piece of housekeeping, and that is you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Ross Online. It's all one word. And uh, I tweet leadership and personal development content on a regular basis out there. So go on to Twitter and follow me on Scott Ross online. With that said, let's dive in to this week's episode, Leaders Lie Them- Lie- Lies That Leaders Tell Themselves, Episode 2. And the first lie I want to get into is the lie that says, I'm a great listener. Most leaders, if you were to ask them, are you a good listener? They would say, well, of course, yes. Absolutely. The reality is that listening is a rare skill, and being a great listener is not something that most leaders are. Most leaders are focused, their heads down, and they are moving from task to task, and oftentimes that happens at the sacrifice of their leadership skills. You know, sometimes we convince ourselves that we're a great leader, or that we're a great listener simply because we don't interrupt the person that's talking to us. And we think that because I'm not interrupting, that must mean I'm a great listener. Wrong. There's a huge difference between being a listener and being someone who patiently waits their turn to speak. You see, listening means that Your focus is not on you. Your focus is not on what you're going to say. It's not on your response. Listening is all about the other person. Listening is others focused. And so if you want to consider yourself a great listener, there's some skills that you can develop and work on that'll move you from the category of the average human who's not a good listener into the category of great listener. Now, I actually did a podcast on listening uh, altogether. Just the whole episode was listening. It's called Great Leaders Are Great Listeners. You can go search for that in the podcast archive. I recommend you guys listen to that. But let me give you some, some tips that I didn't necessarily cover in that particular podcast here. And it'll be a good refresher even if you guys have listened to that podcast. You see, listening, like I said, is really others focused. And so something that's the hallmark of great listening is really, truly 
deeply desiring to understand the other person. There's a vast difference between hearing the words that they're saying and understanding them. The one does not necessarily mean the other. For instance, if somebody barges into my office and they just start pouring out emotion, the words are going to be one thing, but what they're really saying is probably a completely different thing. My job as the great listener is to be asking, what is the heart of their message? What are they really trying to say? Part of that means that I need to be very attuned to their body language because 80% of communication is nonverbal. And if all I'm doing is listening to the words, I am most likely going to miss the message. This leads to a second ingredient in great listening, and that is being fully present. You know, we all know of the stereotype of the wife who walks into the family room while the husband's got ESPN going and the wife's trying to talk and the husband's going, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, mm mm-hmm, I got it. But the eyes are never taken away from the TV screen. That is not, as we know, a good listener. But we can laugh about that. We can chuckle about that, knowing that that's happened in probably all of our lives, and yet We, if we're really honest, have that exact same behavior around the people that we're trying to lead. They come up and they're speaking to us, and it's not ESPN. It's something that we think is important that we're engaged in, but we're saying, "Mm mm-hmm, uh-huh, and we're never becoming fully present. I will tell you, this is a big deal with your children. Your children are talking to you, but are you really listening Or are you too busy for that? That's the ultimate leadership, by the way, leading your own family. And so I would just say in your team, you have to be fully present. When you're with the person, you have to be fully present. Your eyeballs are on them. You're examining what is their body language saying? What is the heart of this message? You're willing to weed through the words to find the heart of what they're trying to deliver to you. Now, this also involves being really comfortable in your own skin. You've got to be at ease with who you are. If you're a defensive person, if you are someone who is going to be pricked by criticism, by offensive language, it is going to corrupt your ability to be a good listener because The second you hear anything that smacks of criticism, critique, negativity, you're going to bristle at that and it's going to close down your ability to hear what the person is trying to say. See, a great leader is someone who is comfortable in their own skin and we are human. We're all going to make mistakes. And so, Knowing that I'm the kind of person who's going to make a mistake from time to time, I'm okay having somebody come and tell me, hey, this is one of those times you screwed up. You made that mistake. And I'm confident enough in myself. I'm confident enough in my leadership that, and my motives and my heart that I'm willing to 
receive what the person is bringing to me. And I can also be confident enough to know they may be bringing me a bunch of negativity and it's not even about me. Maybe I'm not the one who screwed up, but I just happen to be an easy target, an easy recipient of that negative emotion, and I want to be bigger than that. I want to be bigger than the situation. I want to be bigger than the criticism and say, bring it, let me have it, so that I can hear what's going on with you, and I can help you work through this in a positive way, and we can move to a positive outcome. Because ultimately, we want our team member engaged. We want them successful. We want them productive. We want them efficient. And if they're if they're tied into whatever this is that they're bringing to me, and I'm getting defensive about it, that's never going to happen. So, be present. Be comfortable in your own skin. You know, another thing is have an open mind. Um, be willing to be a little uncomfortable for a while. You know, one of the things that I don't like that we've received, you know, we've arrived at this place in our culture where no one's okay being uncomfortable. Someone starts saying something that is not in alignment with your belief system or your worldview, and you can't even listen to it. We can't even hear it because it makes us uncomfortable. And so we can never get past that discomfort long enough to really understand what's going on. This is another human being. They have a perspective. They're made in the image of God. They've got thoughts. They've got emotions. They've got fears, hurts, anxieties, dreams, hopes. All that's wrapped up in whatever's going on here. And even if they're something that is you know, initially sounds like the opposite of where I am, I need to be okay with being uncomfortable long enough to hear it out. I need to have an open mind long enough to figure out where is it that they're coming from. Maybe there's just stuff they don't know. Maybe there's just ignorance. Maybe there's pain. Maybe there's a wound there. And if I close my brain off to being willing to listen through that stuff, we're never going to get anywhere. There will be no relationship. There will be no common ground established. And we're not going to achieve something together. And together, we're always going to be stronger than alone. So I've got to have that open-mindedness. Like, okay, this is coming at me. I'm uncomfortable right now. I don't even like listening to this. But I've got to keep an open mind to this situation to work through this because I'm the leader. I'm bigger I am more mature in theory. I am more personally developed in theory. And now is the chance to prove that. You know, I love that people are all into personal development, but the second that they actually get tested, it's as if they weren't. <laughs> you, if you think you're personally developed, you don't prove it when nothing hard is going on. You prove it in the challenging moments. And when someone's bringing something to you that's hard to listen to, that's the moment you demonstrate how personally developed you really are couple last things on this idea of being a great listener. Ask great questions. You know, be an active listener. I go back to what I said at the beginning. The goal is not to pause long enough to get your response in. The goal is to truly understand what the person is saying. And so we want to be actively responding, not with statements, but with questions confirming. So what I hear you saying is this. Okay, wow, that's a lot. Let's just try to break this down. Okay, bro, I'm, I love you. I care about you. Let's just go through what I just heard because you just gave me a bunch of stuff. 
first I hear this. Am I on the right track? Okay, then I hear this. And then apparently this happened. We're confirming. And then be someone who's willing to probe. You're a doctor. You're a detective. Well, give me more. Like, what what started that? Like, why do you think they would have even said that to you? Or why do you think it would be that they would treat you that way? Like, what do you think is behind that? Um, you know, what was going on in that situation? Give me some context. Why do you feel that way? Why did you interpret it that way? Why was that what you heard? We want to be an active listener, confirming, probing, questioning, looking for more information, again, with the goal to get to the heart of the issue. And then the last thing I'll just say about listening, because we could talk about listening for a long time, is avoid the simple formulas. You know, we are all predisposed to take the path of least resistance. We're all looking for the shortcut. And we want things to fit into nice, neat little boxes and little packages. Because if it fits in a nice, neat little box, it's easy to deal with. We've already got a preconceived formula and recipe for how we deal with that little box. And so we're not really listening. What we're doing is waiting to receive a trigger or a clue that tells us, oh, that goes in this box over here. Oh, you said, oh, you just said that. Oh, that means you go in this box. Okay, people in this kind of box, they're bad. So you're a bad person. Oh, you just said this. Ooh, people who say that kind of thing, they go in this box. They're good. I like that kind of person. We're just looking for these immediate triggers. You know, I had contemplated giving some examples, and I really don't want to do that because I don't want to make anybody who's a listener of this hate me because that's what happens. We could, I could say, I could just give you little examples of things people might say that would trigger half the people listening to this podcast right now. It would instantly set them and they go, oh, Scott's in this box right here. Even if I don't even mean it, even if I'm just giving you that as an example, we are trying to assign understanding without listening and we want things to be simple we want it to be formulaic well the world's not that simple there's people who have beliefs or perspectives that don't fit into our nice neat little boxes and so we can't be that lazy as a leader Avoid the simple formulas, avoid the shortcut, avoid the need to make things fit into nice, neat little rows. Don't assign understanding without listening. No matter what the person is bringing towards you, listen, get to the heart of the issue, because that is the way you're going to make an ally, a friend, and a productive team member. Don't let yourself lie to yourself by saying, I'm a great listener, when really, you're not. Okay, the next lie is, I'm not here to make friends. Well, I'm not here to make friends, so, you know, this is a business. I'm here to make money. This is an old relic of the 50s and 60s management era of leadership. And management 
is not leadership. We've talked about this ad nauseum in this podcast. I don't want to review this now. But leadership has zero to do with position. See, there's this old training that said that managers should be aloof, that managers should never allow emotion to play a role in their interactions with their people. And let me just tell you, this is death to true leadership. Real leaders deeply, deeply care about their people. They are invested in their people's lives and in their people's success. Real leaders want to know the heart of their people, and they want to learn those people's strengths and weaknesses so that they can position them for success. They want to know those people's goals, their hopes, their dreams, so that they can be actively engaged in helping their people achieve those goals, hopes, and dreams. Let's never forget that leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And if we're going to be influential in a person's life, we have to add value to their life. One of the greatest ways we can add value to another person is to help them achieve their goals, their hopes, and their dreams. What more could I do for my brother or sister than be the catalyst for their dream to come true? Well, how can I do that if I, A, don't know their dream, and B, don't get invested in them long enough to put a plan together to help them achieve their dream? See, real leaders are desperately wanting to be friendly with their team members. They desperately want to build relationship with those people because that is the only way they're going to be able to serve them appropriately. Real leadership is service. It is sacrifice. You know, the greatest leader of all time, whether you believe in the ultimate story told about him or not, is Jesus Christ. He came to serve rather than to be served. Leaders put their people first, not themselves first, not even the business first, because it's reverse logic. See, if you put the business first and the people last, the business fails. But if you put the people first, the business cannot help but succeed because the business is nothing more than the accumulation of those people and their talents and their skills and their work ethic. You know, if you put people first, if you sacrifice for people, if you serve people, I don't know a better definition of friend than that. And so to say, I'm just not here to make friends, it's just very, very short-sighted, and it's a lie that will sabotage your ability to lead and your ability to have success. With that said, let's dive into the last lie that leaders tell themselves And that is, it's my people's fault. The project fails. The quota's not met. The team doesn't create the volume that it should. You don't hit the rank. It's my people's fault. Write this down. Leadership is ownership. Leadership is ownership. Great leaders own their results. If there is a failure in the team, it's a failure in the leadership. And great leaders understand that, and they take absolute 
ownership of every single outcome. There's a lot of ways that we can fail our team that causes them to not have success. First of all, we can fail to convey the why of what we're doing. There is a book by Ken Blanchard called Gung Ho, and it's about how to get your team members firing on all cylinders and really motivated and working hard towards an objective. And one of the keys in Gung Ho is something called worthwhile work. It is essential for a team member, for a worker, to know why they're doing what they're doing. Oftentimes when the team fails to execute, when they fail to put in the effort necessary, we could, as the leader, take the shortcut and lie to ourselves and say, see, they're just lazy. They just don't want it bad enough. I got the wrong people. It's all my people's fault. When in reality, it was our fault because we did not adequately convey the why of what we're doing. We didn't deliver the why in such a way that they bought the why, that the why that is our why becomes their why. I teach about building systems all the time. And there's a successful system for what we do that has different ingredients. And oftentimes you'll see the team members not putting those ingredients into play. They don't follow the system. And as a leader, you can say, well, these people are whatever. You know, you make up some insult. Man, these people are idiots. They're dumb. They don't know what they're doing. They won't listen. They don't follow directions. They're not coachable. Eh." We have not adequately given them the why behind each of the ingredients. If they buy the why, the behavior will naturally follow. Are you conveying the why to your team? Next, we can um, fail to clearly convey our expectations. You know, one of the things that causes a breakdown in almost every relationship, whenever there's a breakdown in relationship, this is almost, well, it's, got to be top two causes of relationship breakdown. And that is that one person or group of people in the relationship failed to meet an expectation, but that expectation was never actually communicated. You know, uh, the husband wants when he walks through the door for his wife to stop what she's doing and come give him a kiss and say, man, I'm so glad you're home. That's in his heart. That's his desire. He really wants that. But he comes in the door and she doesn't do that. And so what's he do? He goes and sits on the couch, flips on the TV, and starts to huff. See, he's mad she didn't meet an expectation that he never even told her was an expectation. This happens in relationships all the time. And it happens in professional relationships most of all. If we as the leader have failed to clearly convey our expectations, we cannot be upset when our team members did not meet these unconveyed expectations. We've got to be great communicators. Something that I do in leadership workshops is I give the example of the manager who walks into the warehouse and he's like, this place looks like crap. Clean this place up. I'll be back. And he walks out. And they're all like, whoa, the workers look around like, man, we better get this thing cleaned up. Well, they do what they think is they should. And then he comes in 
and it's one criticism after another. You didn't sweep this corner. You didn't dust this shelf. I can't believe that you stacked the boxes biggest to smallest. Of course, they should have been in alphabetical order. Well, see, the manager, because he's not a leader, is not, he's criticizing behavior when the it's his fault. The expectation was not fully and clearly conveyed. He should have said, not clean this place up and walked out. He should have said, I want to see the floor swept. I want to see the shelves dusted. I want to see the boxes stacked in alphabetical order. If that's what he wants, it's on him to share that information clearly. Another thing we do is fail to confirm that they heard the communication accurately. Sometimes we say it once as a leader and we think, well, that's enough. I mean, I said it, right? Did we ask? Okay, so tell me what it is that we need to accomplish. Give it back to me. Feed it back to me one more time. Oftentimes, there's a way we want the meeting to go, a way we want the training to go, a way we want things set up. And we say it one time and we're done, right? Because we said it. No, it's on us to confirm that they heard what it was that we expected. Another thing is we fail to create an environment where questions and challenges are safe. This is actually a really, really big deal, and there's a lot of studies that are happening right now all over the leadership world related to this concept. And one of the really alarming studies that's come out has to do with nurses and doctors. And the fact that in hospitals big and large all over the country, there are environments where nurses have absolute fear of the doctors to the point that they cannot question the doctor and doctors are making mistakes right left and center that are in many cases deadly mistakes and the nurse knows it's a mistake but can't question it because of the culture within that hospital. And, of course, they're using this just as an example because it happens all over the place. It happens in every leadership environment. Oftentimes, we as the leaders have a blind spot. We have something that we are not seeing. We maybe ask for something that we shouldn't even ask for. Or we deliver an order and there's something we don't know that's going to cause that order to fail. But because we've created an environment where no one can question us, they can never question our authority, they can never you know, doubt us, they can never bring up a, a, a sir, just real quick, I just make sure, that, that's not allowed. And so they know it, the whole team knows it, but they don't say anything. And then, of course, the thing fails like everybody knew it was going to fail. And then the leader blames the people. When really it was the leader's fault for creating an environment where questioning and challenging was dangerous. As a leader, we've got to create an environment where it's safe to come to us. It's safe to ask questions. It's safe to challenge us so that we are setting our people up to succeed anytime we give them something to execute on. Two couple last quick things is we fail to keep things simple. 
You know, the more complicated the plan, the less likely it will be executed appropriately. And oftentimes, we as leaders, we've got it down in our head. It makes total sense to us. But we forget we're dealing with people who are way further down the path than we are or further uh, back on the path than we are. Maybe they're brand new at what we do. And the more complicated we make it, the harder it is on them to remember all the steps. And so when things go awry, we're mad at them when the reality is, we just made it way too difficult. We way overcomplicated the situation for our followers. And last but not least, we sometimes fail to prioritize. You know, we throw a ton of stuff on our followers. This happens with parents all the time. They overwhelm their children like do this, 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 this. Oh, and don't forget this other thing. And then our kids are totally confused because they don't know what they should do. What what should I do first? What matters most? And maybe they work on three or four of those things, and the parent in their head had that this other thing was the most important, but since they were working on the three things that weren't important, they get the they get punished. The child gets punished because there was no prioritization. Well, it happens in the business world as well. If we're going to be leaders and we're going to give a, a number of items or a number of objectives to our people, we've got to make sure they understand uh, if, if nothing else gets done, this is the most important thing. And then this next thing is the next most important thing. Make sure that we prioritize. So don't let yourself lie to yourself saying it's my people's fault. Leadership is ownership. Make sure that you're setting your people up for success. Convey the why. Convey clear expectations. Confirm what you've said. Make sure you create an environment where you can be questioned. Keep it simple and prioritize. I'll just say one last thing about that, and I know we're uh, about over time, but uh, I'm almost done here. Um, you know, it's a really good habit as a leader to give credit to your team when things go well. And when I say leadership is ownership, don't mistake that to mean that you should be an egomaniac, and when the team wins, you're like, yep, that was me. Yes, sir, I am world class. No, give away that praise. It, it's what a leader should do. But at the end of the day, if things don't go well, it is the responsibility of the leader. So own that. And so here's something you can write down. Pass, praise, accept, blame. Pass, praise, accept, blame. So we've covered three lies. The lie that you're a great listener. The lie that you're not here to make friends and the lie that it's your people's fault. Again, we hope that we're adding value to your life and helping you win and your team win. Dive into the podcast archives on scottrossonline.com and uh, make sure that you subscribe and also follow us on Twitter at scottrossonline. With that said, guys, God bless you. We'll see you again same time next week. Bye-bye. We hope you have enjoyed this audio program. For more resources to further your development as a world-class leader and for success strategies and tactics in all areas of your life, please visit scottrossonline.com. And be sure to connect with Scott on Facebook and Twitter using the ID at scottrossonline.